It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is brought to you by No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow. Go to www.facebook.com backslash No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow for details about when they're playing next. It's an in-the-round folk experience with Cal and Solabello, the Yayas, and Karen Oliver. Go see them. They're playing lots of places. Okay, time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, number 168. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Johnny and the mothers are playing something at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. Grandma's gonna kill my brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. I didn't say that. No, but I know this grapevine. Why would I put it there? Kindness? 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 You stole it! He stole it! We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode number 168, coming to you live from Comac, New York, and Bayside, New York. It is time for the Ready to Unload New York Sports Talk podcast. It is Thursday night. It is March 13th. It is 10 p.m. Hi. Hello. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Sampietro, the aforementioned Sam Pete. This is episode number 168 of the podcast. We have done this 167 times. This is 168. And as we come to you live from Comac, New York, and Bayside, New York, which is in Queens, by the way, the county of Queens, the borough of Queens, it's in New York City. Um, We don't know if I can hear Cal. I cannot. You call in. Yeah, I can hear you on the iPad, but not, not so much on the Skype. Okay, Cal's going to call into the show, so uh, that was that was perhaps perhaps his worst introduction ever. Um, but uh, welcome to the program. We have a lot to talk about: NFL free agency, the Jets, the Giants making moves. I mean, it's just been it's been incredible. Uh, the NFL has done a great job. They gave you three days where they 
you know, allowed uh, teams to talk to their free agents, and then they drop the hammer on you at four o'clock on Wednesday, and all heck fire breaks loose on Tuesday, I should say. So we're going to talk about that for sure. Uh, then we're going to talk about the Mets and uh, some interesting stuff going on in spring training down in Port St. Lucie with the media and with John Neese saying today that the media needs to stop tweeting what's going on in the clubhouse and there appears to be a rift between the Mets and their 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 beat writers and something's going on and it's 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 going to be it's going to be super interesting. So we're going to talk about the Mets and also uh why we're still looking at Ruben Tejada at shortstop. We're going to talk about that too. Uh because that's that's super frustrating. Uh, so we have a lot to cover. And then uh, Cal's uh, St. John's Red Storm, my University of Dayton Flyers, go Flyers go, are uh, our bubble teams for the NCAA tournament. That's the only way we'll talk about the NCAA tournament. And then I have a really fun, fun load, which I think we might even have the bishop for. So there's a ton to get to on episode number 168. Gosh, that was radio E. Let's bring in the co-host of the program. Gosh, I'm a robot. Kel? Nope, that's a robot. Never mind. He's, uh, he's the co-host of the program. His name is first in the title, though. He's very important. He's Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino Caliente. Hi, Bri. Hi, Steve. Hi. Wow. Well, are you in the field? I'm, I'm, I'm out in the field. I'm, I'm filing a report for RTU Sports. This is like when, yes, this is like when John Stewart, like you're doing, like on the Daily Show, like when you're actually doing a remote, but you're four feet away from me. Right. All right. And we're making it sound that way. Are you? Well, no. I'm. I'm. I've called in. I'm calling you through a phone, through a mobile device. (laughs) So that's what you hear. Right. Is the quality not uh, good enough? It's fine. It's not great. I mean, we'll make do. I wonder how it's... I don't know why I... I don't know what happened. We were talking. We were having a lovely conversation. We were on Skype. And then all of a sudden, everything stopped working. Right. You know what? I'm going to bring I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened either. But this guy is here. So we are also live from Freehold, New Jersey. So, Cal, while I bring... Wow, my voice cracked there. So, Cal, when I Peter... While I Peter Brady it, and I and I speak to the bishop, why don't you reload Skype? Yeah, I've uh, done that. Try it again. Let me try you again. Hi, Peach. Welcome to Ready to Reload. <laughs> Welcome to Ready to Upload. Ready to Download. How are you, Peach? I'm just absolutely flipping fantastic. You sound good. You sound I am. good. Uh, the adrenaline is pumping because my children are still awake. Oh, nice. <laughs> Spent the last 15 minutes screaming. Top, the importance of going to bed. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Cal, I've now yes. called you back on Skype. Cal, are you there? There's no, that's not going to work. This, this not, that's not going to work. Plug the Skype into the Uvu. Right. I just can't seem to get this to work. 
Unfortunately, I mean, we were talking, Cal. We were having a, a, a high old time, a grand old time. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Technology. Did you, did you do something to your microphone, that fancy orange microphone of yours? Uh, I didn't do anything. Gentlemen, this is the 25th anniversary of the World Wide Web. Yes, it and is. you guys and are blowing into it. <laughs> that was yesterday. <laughs> and this is this because is how on, we're celebrating. On day, on, on day two of the World Wide Web, there were a lot of problems, and that's what we're celebrating today. The day <laughs> that's after. what it is. <laughs> right. We're commemorating day two, where crap fell apart everywhere. <laughs> Cal's on the Atari 800XL with his 2400 baud modem. Correct. I'm on a Commodore. I'm on a Commodore 64. He's taking okay. 90 minutes to download one photo, and it's coming in sideways. That's right. And he doesn't and have to got, stop it. It's going to take you another 90 minutes to get it horizontal. That's right. Oh, who hit landscape? Did you hit landscape? Damn it. Oh man, that's going to be like a month. I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. A bagel, the paper, maybe maybe go to the library. I'm gonna come back. Should be done. Let me ask I'm gonna you go- something. What what can, can you remember? Uh, what your first dalliance with the World Wide Web was, and what year it was? I can. Can you tell me? Oh, you want? Me, you, can you share it or no? <laughs> you want me to answer right now? <laughs> you want to just write it on a piece of paper, fold it, and hand it to me? <laughs> What do you want to do? Save for work. I just I just slid it across the table to PJ. I wrote, I wrote it on a wrote it on a note card and slowly slid it across the table face down. Um, ni- nineteen ninety two, University Ooh. of Dayton. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. One guy on my my freshman year. One guy on my floor, Colin, had a computer. A pretty pretty powerful one for the time. It was the size, roughly the size of a Honda, and um, and not a not a small Honda either. Um, and he had like the he had right, that's right. <laughs> not the compact Hondas. Correct. It wasn't a Civic or a CRX. Um, and he had Prodigy. Yeah. And he was hooked up with a phone line, like he hooked up to the phone line and had dial-up, and he had um, Prodigy, and my dad had Prodigy as well. So my dad... So he spoke sent, to your dad? My, no, I sent an email to my dad oh. from his Prodigy account in 1992. Oh, mind-blowing. Yeah. And then we got AOL. We got AOL shortly thereafter. We we were called down the hallway. It was 1990 in college. Called down the hallway uh, to this guy's computer, and he was going to amaze us. And, and what it, what he downloaded was um, a Cindy Crawford picture of the like one of the famous Cindy Crawford posters. And it was, you know, so it was wow. already on somebody's wall, but it was like, oh, my God, look at it. Now it's on a computer. That's amazing. And it took like 10 minutes for the picture to come in. Oh, yeah. And we were all just mesmerized. I can't believe it. it's in color. I can't believe it. I just, I can't. You might as well have launched a space shuttle at that point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, that's what it felt like we were doing. And then somebody right. else could play cards. Right. And, that's, and, then, and then, of course, uh, sol- uh, Solitaire. Of course. Mm-hmm. Which was huge. Like, being able to play Solitaire. Huge. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I've had my AOL address for a really long time. I probably got my AOL address, like, junior year of college. No, it had to be freshman year of college. Right. Because it's San Pete 4, and that was my number in baseball. My freshman year at Dayton. So, long time with the World Wide Webs. And that, that's when they were limiting you to eight letters or eight characters, weren't they? I think so. You had to get crafty. Yep. I think so. And there was already a San Pete 1. And so I took four, like I just put in San Pete and somebody had that. I never found out who. <laughs> Let's do a web search. Let's do a web search. There is a, a an exact, I'm friends with him on Facebook. We're not related. His name is Steve San Pietro. So is, and is Cal, is Cal back? Because I want to know, know Cal's web memory too. Or is he not there? He is, uh, he's not, uh, it's not uh, coming in for some inexplicable reason. <laughs> it's not. Should Nothing now. doing. Oh, oh, there he is. There he is. We did it. I don't know. I don't Fantastic. even know what I did. He's back. I went on uh, AOL and I downloaded the instructions <laughs> to this microphone. See Cal frantically searching for uh, the disc for Skype. It just took like an hour to download the directions on how to. Me. <laughs> you print them up on your dot matrix printer. <laughs> with the feeder paper. Right, with the feeder paper. And the. <laughs> Which that always like, like a car alarm. This it was. The uh, the the sprocket things always got like jammed up. Like you had to get the uh, if you didn't line them up perfectly right. pegs because it was old school computer paper. So you had to get it right on the wheel, and you'd have to have this enormous box underneath your printer, <laughs> just filled with paper that was spooling through. Exactly. What was your first? How about uh, this? Your first. The web. morning oh, your papers ahead. due, you you print out your paper last minute because it's it's due, and then you go to rip off the, the sides. And the right. perforation doesn't rip, and you rip like three pages of the paper you just printed out. You got to tape I, it back together in a hurry. Hey, we wrote those papers in college without like Wikipedia, without anything. You I had to use a book. I was lucky I spell checked. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> there a were, lot there of us were... wrote those things without, without graphic interfaces. You had to just use like WordPerfect, yep. where it was just a yep. blinking cursor. Yep. <laughs> I wrote an entire paper on Nixon. This was for my minor in history, by the way. Mm. And it was, it, was, it was like I had to write a thesis paper, and I chose Nixon's foreign policy. And how he basically the thesis was – really, I went to a very uh, difficult school. Uh, the, but the thesis was um, you know, just about his foreign policy you know, 20 years later or whatever and – and how it it actually was revolutionary, blah blah blah. I didn't even. I, it was like fifty, sixty pages. I wow! Didn't, I didn't even read the thing. Didn't even read it. Did not even read it. 
just and rattled it off and said, go. Just fired it off. I read, like, chunks. Like, I would read, like, 12 pages and then fall asleep and be like, yeah, this is not great. And how'd you do? <laughs> gotta, gotta be. All right. I have a minor in history from the University of Dayton. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah. Because of your... Because of your minor achievements. That's right. <laughs> You're one of my and most minor students, Mr. San Pietro. <laughs> I'd like to give you a minor grade. It's a solid B, I feel like. I feel like it was a solid B. You didn't read the thing. How could you know it was solid? Somebody else read it. All right. You'd like I based on so, their reaction. The TAs in college didn't read, didn't read the papers either. No. Based they on their reaction. They were skimming. I had somebody sit there and read it, and I watched them. You watched their no. faces, and they read your paper. <laughs> That's right. That's how I proofread a paper. They would make, like, a disgusted face, be like, oh, all right, it's a run-on sentence. You don't have to. Gee whiz. I can fix wow, that. <laughs> I'll fight Shoot it. Me, why don't... Gee whiz. So, so, Cal, what was your first web? So, my, my first web experience was through... The uh, the Suffolk County Library System. That's right. Before it was even there were even images. It was all text, and mm-hmm. we would connect. I would connect through Suffolk.lib.ny.us. <laughs> Back. Dot, wow. Dot XYZ, he remembers dot, the address. Dot PDQ. I do remember that <laughs> one. Yeah. And uh, and this was about I would say 1994. Behind, uh, behind the times a little bit. And I would go on to a listserv. Remember the listservs? Of course. Yeah, and I, would, and I don't remember what the Met one was, but I used to go on a Met listserv nice. and just read all of these people that were posting about the Mets, and I thought it was the greatest thing. Well, it was. At the time. It remains. Maybe, well, not, maybe not as much right now. <laughs> but that's that was it. And then it wasn't until I was in uh, until I went to St. John's the next year that I started getting involved in like browsing the web. Right. So I was a little bit behind mm-hmm. behind in the game in '95. Mm-hmm. It's it's really difficult to fathom where we were like even ten years ago. Like even ten years ago. Yeah. It's. I mean, the, the technology and the leap that it's that it's made is is astounding. And for us with sports, I mean, we're doing a podcast right now, live. I'm looking at Cal. We're streaming this out to whoever wants to listen. You know, tomorrow it'll be on iTunes for who, however many people to listen What's to. What's iTunes? It, it's just, it, it really is astounding. Like, four, four years ago when we started this show, we couldn't do this. That's true. No, no. And still, I feel like we've abandoned the dot matrix people. We should have uh, it available for printout. Absolutely. Transcripts the transcript? For yes. the dot matrix people. Because they're still out there. Uh, they are. How, how would we distribute that, though? Well. Snail mail? Put it on, put it on a bulletin board. <laughs> right. Remember the old internet bulletin boards? That's right. I do. That's Wow. Oh my goodness! But right? yeah, you go on Prodigy it, it, yeah. and you'd find a bulletin yep. board. Yep, that's right. 
I remember when when I worked in the city in 1998. I worked for IBM, and we were doing public relations for their uh, for their brand new revolutionary product uh, that they worked with Sun Microsystems called Java. Oh wow! And at the time, it was like, what the hell is this Java? It's crazy. It's 98. Were you now saying, uh, Mr. Loverman? Oh yeah. Java. Java Chamberlain. Yeah, I can't resist. I know. I just... 1998, yeah, JavaScript. Yeah. Java. It was great. It was crazy. This this technology that they were going to revolutionize everything. Yeah. I know it was it was making its way around uh uh face and stuff in the last few weeks. It was about like 2 months ago. There was that great clip of Brian Gumble and like on the Today Show, and they were talking about the this new thing called the internet or whatever. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it is, it's a complete period piece. It's unbelievable. I can't, I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but he was, he was so adamant about something that was completely wrong. Right. And I can't remember what it was. Was it the information superhighway? <sighs> Maybe. It was, it was something about email. Like, we're going to send this via something called email. And it was like, oh, but you can't, you can't type on that. It was, something, it was something like he was insistent on That's the right. fact that you couldn't do something. And you it was like type on it or something like that. I can't that. remember what yeah. it was. It was great. It was making the rounds for a while. And, and, uh, and I had watched it. It was, it was really fascinating. So here we are, 25 here years are. later. 25 years later. Can you give us a rough estimate of how much porn you've ingested in that time, Peach, or... Is that just is that is that is that off the charts? Well, very very early on, uh, you know that that used to be transmitted by email. Right. That, that I used to have some friends in quotes uh, <laughs> who who would who would send out uh, email batches of, of pictures, and then and then you know websites slowly became available. But, uh, you know, beyond that, I have no knowledge. I don't know what you're talking about. If you had I, to measure I, it... I parted with that very quickly. What would be the unit of measurement? Like, if you asked, how could you measure how much you've, <laughs> you've consumed? What would be the unit of measurement? Like, uh, like megabytes? Uh, shame sickles? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Ram. <laughs> That's too graphic. That was too, that was too easy. <laughs> All right, let's get to the... Uh, are you going to hang around for a while, Peach? A little bit, yeah, sure. All right, because I, I have a great uh, fun load. Oh, unless, yeah. Un- unless you do, and I'm, and and we gotta we gotta be uh, we gotta be like a tight hour fifteen tonight because I'm solo with the children. How low are you? Well, get right you guys, on it. Get right on have it. You guys, have you guys ever seen Mr. Have you ever seen Mr. Mom like recently? Have you watched Mr. Mom recently? No. 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 Really? I'm going to now. Go back and watch because it really holds up well. I think. Even the Terry Garcines? Even the Terry, especially the Terry Garcines. How do you like that? Mm. Jillian, Jillian Anderson. Jillian Anderson? No. No. What's her name? 
Which we, one? We've done this on the show before. We did it about two and a half years ago. We tried to remember yeah. who Jillian, what's her name, from We Got It Made. Oh, not Terry Jillian. No, 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 not We Got It Made. Angelian. Jillian, thank you. Angelian. No, you know, it's, uh, oh. Um, the hotel, they're, where they're, they're, they're it's waitresses. A it's a living. It's wow. a living. They later became making a living for no reason. Making a living, right. With the guy with the perm who plays the uh, lounge singer. Right. Right. It's magnificent. Anyway, uh, Mr. Mom. <laughs> Tonight, yeah. tonight I had the, the complete meltdown. Like last night, I was alone with him. Everything was fine, smooth night, smooth sailing. Tonight, nobody. I know nobody wants to hear about your kids, but I had epic meltdown. <laughs> it was it was amazing. It was just amazing. It was it. It was as if the two boys had conspired <laughs> together at some point this afternoon while I was at work to be like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. You crap your pants. <laughs> Twice. Okay. The first time, he's going to totally wig out. I'm going to start crying a lot. Maybe crying in a way that he's never even heard before. Like a new cry. Like something like maybe that he's going to think I invented just for the occasion. Right. Okay. So we're going to do that the first time. Right. Then he's going to bathe you in all this stuff. I'm going to pretend to be going to sleep too. By the way, the, the seven-month-old is the ringleader here, without a doubt. Always, yeah. yeah. I, I picture him like in the like in the Bugs Bunny cartoon. Like he's got a cigar, he's got like a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> well, he's doing this, but he's a baby. And he's like, okay. Then after he's trying to put me to sleep, I'm gonna cry a lot. Well, way more than way more than usual. Um, you you crap your pants again. Oh. Yeah. Do it again. Do it, do it again, wow. and then he's really going to lose it. And then uh, I'll, I'll just refuse to go to sleep, and we'll have all this going on at one time. Let's see what happens. And, and the older one's like, sounds good to me. Hey, look, I'm always, I'm always up for some hijinks. Let's do this. That's when you've got to throw him a curveball. That's when you crap your pants and ask them to do something about it. <laughs> That'll put a stop to the whole thing. They'll just be looking at each other like, did he just... Wait, wow, wait, we got to back out of the happen? room. What do we do now? Quick. Wesley slowly backs out of the room. <laughs> he bails on him. You're on your own. Right. I'm out. Well done, old man. Well done. Well, well played. I did not see that coming. <laughs> That's right. I got to turn the tables. You're absolutely right. You've got to turn the tables. I'll tell you. Again, I know nobody wants to hear about your kids, but that was it was definitely a moment of where does... I'm and, telling and you. Look, the when older, you spin down a control one, like that, you got to yeah. whip out the, un, the unexpected behavior. <laughs> It'll stop them. Like, there, there have been times where I couldn't get anything, you know, going, and I'll just start dancing in the kitchen. <laughs> and that'll stop them. That's it. That's it. Yeah, these these two guys, I think uh, they're gonna be. There's gonna be some major hijinks, major shenanigans. I'm in for. Yeah. Is, is yeah. tomorrow when you throw the obstacle course to your wife's boss? <laughs> is that tomorrow? <laughs> Who's uh, who bears a striking resemblance to Martin Mull? I might add. Her boss? Yes, right. Wow. No, no, he doesn't. I'm telling you. I'm telling you guys. Go back and watch that movie. Some tremendous lines. Keaton at really, really in a great place doing John oh. doing John Hughes. 
Yeah. And that's that, that movie's dated, no doubt. Of course, we'll save that for the special podcast. Dated or not dated? An RTU special special report. You, you joke, but no, no, we're doing it. We're doing it. We just have to get uh, Ev. Right. Um. So it's it's dated, but it's it's kind of cool. It's like you know the, the he works for the car industry and and. You know, Detroit is down, and it's, you know... Is that gung-ho? He, he was, No, no, he does another one. Oh, he does it in that <laughs> one, too? Yeah, well, gung-ho is Mr. Mom without the kids. That's all. That's right. That's right. No, he loses, just, he, he loses his job. He's an engineer for a car company or whatever. That's and right. she has to go back to work. And it's, it's like a very interesting time in, you know, in America, coming out of the recession, coming out of Carter... And uh, but he's got some tremendous lines, tremendous lines. It must have been hard to be a, a professional woman during that era. Absolutely. What with all the skirt chasing. Well, there's a great scene where Terry Gar. It's her first day back, like in that world, after years of being a, a you know a stay-at-home mom. And as they're having this board meeting with like 15 people around, she starts cleaning up. Right. <laughs> she starts like picking up after them. You know, and it's really cliched, and it's really you know, but it's it it was it's it's a good movie. But it, I had that moment. Had the uh, had I, the shoulder could, pads arrived yet? It was it that oh, late the in the eighties? The shoulder they could do some heavy hitting. They could hit the sleds immediately with the shoulder pads okay. that are in that movie. That had to be what eighty two, eighty three, eighty three. I think. Uh huh. I saw it. I think I might have saw that in the theater. Might have seen that in the theater. Is a better way to say that. <laughs> Not sure. It also, uh, Pete, you bring up the shoulder pads, which is a great call. It's also the uh, super short haircut for a woman in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Right. Not Terry Gar, but the other. No. There were other women. No, the 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 other female who's intimidated by Terry Gar, who's the c- complete career woman. Is that Sheena Easton? It is. A, it might as well be. That's same, who I see. Same haircut. Seeing. Yeah, that's who I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah. That, like, if you were a professional woman at that time who didn't care about kids in a family, that's the haircut you got. <laughs> I think it's the one they gave you. Like, right, right, after, the, right after you were hired. That's standard issue. <laughs> right. They had, v, they had Vidal Sassoon standing by to give you that haircut. <laughs> he was very busy. He was everywhere, that guy. And, and the smart business suits. And the smart business suits. That's right. Which we, which which PJ described for us perfectly last week. Yes, <laughs> I was listening back to that. It is a perfect description of what a what what a smart business suit is. It's literally perfect. It's not sexy, it's it. but it still looks expensive and clean. That's right. Printed. They wore a lot of makeup too. A lot of makeup. A lot of lipstick, yes. a lot of bright red lipstick in the office. Yes, kind of because they didn't feel good about the hair, but they were going with it anyway. That's a, you know, guys, we're talking about the internet 25 years. Think about how people dress in the workplace now, as opposed to Mr. Mom is, you know, what, about 30 years ago. Right. I mean, My place has, has a single dress code. It's no torn pants. I, I don't have a dress code, but I work in a very small, you know, I work for a very small company, very small office. But even when I worked at 
a law firm, like a pretty big law firm in New York, there was, and this was 10 years ago, there was inappropriate, women were wearing stuff that, oh man, come on. You would have worn that, you would have, no, no chance you would have worn that. No chance. No. It's changed quite a bit, what you can get away with. Mm. Anyway, we should talk about sports. Shut your mouth. They're talking sports. I'm ready to unload. It's time for the big unload. Unload, unload, unload. Kicks down a door. It's the big unload. There's reverb. It's here somewhere. Hit the reverb button, please. Delay, delay, delay. We just, we just burst through an RTU sports banner and then stopped and folded our arms and looked menacingly at the camera. Boomer and Carton could not have more cliched posters all over this town. Yep. For their new show on, you know, the TV show, the simulcast on, what is it, CBS Sports or something? It could not be more cliched. Could not. All they need is a flaming microphone. Flaming microphone. <laughs> it is awful. They're pointing at you. They're, why are they pointing at me? Why are you pointing at me? What did I do? Okay. Are they smiling at any of them or no? Well, Boomer's smiling at some of them, but Carton's not. No. But why are they pointing at me, Cal? They're angry. <laughs> but I, what did I do? They're talking sports with but attitude. It's not my fault. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Why are you pointing at me? Hey, listen, go hard or go home when talking sports. Yeah, we're not going to... Uh, we're... <laughs> We're neither going hard nor going home. We're home. We're right. at home. And, and nothing... there's really not that much to go hard about. I was looking forward to a nice easy night. Just, <laughs> a, nice, just a nice... I got a cup of coffee. I got a thing of water. Yeah. Uh, that's it. I'm going to have a piece of cake when we're done. Nice. I'm going to treat myself. Just relax. I got, I, my, I got my sweats on. I may go Calgon. <laughs> Take me away. Um, anyway... Uh, the big unload has got to be NFL free agency, though. It's got to be. Been dying to talk to you about it, Cal. Uh, here's what well, we've been talking about it on uh, in our our chat room or whatever. It's been very interesting because the Jet fan will talk Jets and Giants. I do want to talk about the Giants too because uh, they did some some interesting things. I think, Bry. But I want to lead off with this. Is there a smarter, savvier league than the NFL? So they change the free agency deal to the three days before, starting on March 8th. You can talk to free agents, but nobody gets to know. Right. And then on March 11th at 4 p.m., the big reveal. Things that have already been agreed to can just kind of like right out of the gate. It just hit you. Like start announcing things left and right. They set that 4 p.m. deadline. It was like it was a free-for-all. It was like Bacchanalia. It was insane. 
Twitter broke. Yeah. Is well, there, earlier in the day, yeah. Yeah. Is there a smarter league, Cal? Seriously, is there? Is can can we just get Batman to sit down for a couple hours? I don't know. I mean, they, even when they try to screw things up, they don't. They, they don't. They can't even screw things up on purpose. No. They no. turned that deadline. It's nothing. It's a deadline. <laughs> It's not even a de- it's not even a deadline. Wait, it's I'm sorry. A, yes, it's an opening. It's the opening, opening of the it's the opening of the NFL calendar year. Right. And they turned it into an event. The only thing that that's remotely similar is the Major League Baseball trading deadline. Yep. And even that in recent years has gotten watered down because of all of the deals that get made in the next month when guys pass through waivers. Exactly. But if you remember Back in the back in the old Mr. Mom days, when the trading deadline was June fifteenth. Yes. The June fifteenth date was like was like this past Tuesday in the NFL, which I think they should go back to. It's a little early though, no. I think they should go back to it. I think it forces teams' hands now with the extra wild card too. June fifteenth is not even the Super Two date, Steve. I mean, come on. No, I uh, I was thinking Super Two. I was. It's what is it now? July thirty. July thirty first. July thirty first. Move it to July first. Fourth of July weekend. That's a Ameri- cow. That's American. Don't don't be anti-American. It's American to move the trading deadline. That's right. It's American to make trades on the fourth of July. It's capitalism. It's open market. So then, make it July fifth is the deadline. <laughs> let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Right. Cow- so as the as the fireworks go off. The trades are happening. The fireworks go off. Literally and figuratively. Correct. Hey, you might be onto something. Uh, thanks. I think the the NFL made the only thing that's left here, and you know it's coming. Is it televised? That's right. <laughs> that's correct. Like a game show almost? That's it. Televised, and now or just make it like the draft. So in other words, you, what would you do? You would have, you would have them in a studio... And the players would, like, at 4 o'clock, you would just start introducing them one by one as part of their new team? Yeah, or, or just, just do a studio, just do, like, a four-hour studio show where you basically have, like, four guys on Twitter all following Adam Schefter. And just, up. Oh, this just coming in. This looks like there's, a, there's interest. Well, there seems was something. Like, seems, like, seems like the Patriots are kicking the tires on. We get a lot of that. I thought they did a little something like that on the NFL Network. Did they? Week. Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> something like that. They're, yeah. way, they're way ahead of me. They turned it into. They turned the opening of the league calendar year into like a must Twitter event. That's what. It, that's what it is. The opening of the league year. And Twitter's the the key here. I mean, Twitter is has literally changed this entirely. Oh yeah. Because and it started to happen with the major league deadline, uh, major league baseball deadline. You're, you're right there, the trade deadline, and also LeBron and LeBron, right? The decision and trying to get the jump on the decision, right? Was it like a big part of Twitter making sports Twitter? Well, you know, you talk about four years ago when we were talking about it at the beginning. Yeah, Twitter wasn't around four years ago, or it was, but it was very infancy. In its very infancy, yeah. It was, um, yeah, no, absolutely. I think, and and we'll get to this, but like this this year with free agency, like things were broken by 
Adam Schefter. Right. Like you, once you heard it from Adam Schefter, that's when you could trust it. It was official. You know, and and of course people are fighting to break the, you know, he's going here, he's going there. It's it's fascinating. I I got to be honest, I was all over my Twitter feed. I was. I couldn't stop. I go I'll do you one better. I was off that day. Oh boy. I took off from work. <laughs> did you put, did you put it up on the big screen? I should have. <laughs> the problem was that at four o'clock, that's when the kids came home. The kids came home at the at the exact time that everything was happening. Right. And I was in the middle of shuffling them back and forth to dance classes. Right. Checking, like, checking yeah. your timeline. Furiously. So all all day I had nothing else to do. All day, home alone by myself. I was watching the NFL Network, gearing up for four o'clock, Eating and then block four, of cheese. Four o'clock. Yeah. No pants. Four o'clock rolls around, and that was it. I was I was on the clock now for the next two hours. You're checking the, in with you guys in between. You're off the ballet. I was awful. Oh man, no, I uh, so to get into the Jets, and then the Giants, and and all the free agency. I think the other huge difference that's happening now is big time players who still have quote-unquote gas left in the tank, Bri, are making it to free agency because they, the end of their deals don't need to be honored. Right. As you say, and, and this, you know, Palantonio, Palantonio, we'll call him Sal. Sal. Sal, pal. Uh, was on with Lupica the other day, uh, Cal, when, uh, right before free agency. Before they leading up to the uh, the opening, right? And he made a great point. I mean, a great point. He and Lupica were having a conversation. Oh no, it was it was the next day. It was Wednesday. And they were talking about the Jets losing Austin Howard, who was really overpaid by the Raiders. Sure. Austin Howard is a middling right tackle. He's a solid starter, but. He got, you know, five, what did he get, five years and 30 million and 15 guaranteed and, you know, or six six and 30, something like that? Uh, six and 30, I think. Six and 30, and I know it was 15 guaranteed. And That's a lot of money. Yeah, and, and the Jets weren't going to beat that. Like, we're not going that far for maybe the 14th best right tackle in the league. Right. And Palantonio said... Here's the problem. The NFL has a problem. There's too much money. So even though they ha- even though they have a salary cap, this huge windfall befell them. And so every team got like an extra $12 million. Right. So you already had teams that had $40 million or $30 million of cap space because they've been bad for a long time or drafted poorly. Mm-hmm. And there's non-guaranteed contracts. So you can just cut guys and get way under the cap. And then you got an extra $12 million contra- uh, uh, onto the cap. And there's not enough talent. That's true. So guys Very watered like, down. Guys like the, like the Raiders have $59 million in cap room. Right. So you essentially can't keep a team together. Because a player like 
Austin Howard, who should be a no-brainer to be able to be signed back with the Jets because of a gross overpay. And his suggestion on fixing, get this, his suggested fix, when when it keeps going up like that, they need to add a team in each league every, every, I think he said like every two years or four years. Like expansion? That's what he said, I think. If I heard him right. I don't know about that. And to, but to, to, to keep the cap down. I believe, I believe you that that's what he said. I don't know if I agree with that, though. It was something to that effect. Like something like add a new team in each league every two years or four years or something like that to keep the cap down. Okay. Um, because the, the revenue would be more spread out. And I thought that that deludes the talent more. But, um, I, I, you know, I, so I, I, I don't know exactly what his fix was. I got to be honest. I was at work <laughs> sort of in and out, but any, but his point was to me, well taken. Like there's, there's the, the Raiders having $59 million means they can throw ridiculous sums and they have, they signed Justin Tuck. They signed Austin Howard. They signed, I mean, they signed everybody. They had, hey, they guy, tried to sign Saffold. They but... tried to sign Saffold. He failed physical. They're just trying to throw money at being a terrible team. They still have no quarterback. Um, they're going to have Mark Sanchez soon enough. Um, the Raiders? Yeah. Imagine. I think that's where he's going. I really do. All right. Um, but anyway, so back to the Jets. So what, what, what were you feeling on day one when they're laying in the weeds? What was I – well – it, it, it spanned the range of emotions all day because I was very comfortable with what he was doing. And at four o'clock when all of the big names started signing in different places and people were freaking out that they weren't signing anybody, I, I was okay with it. Yeah. I was, I was okay with it because I figured this, he's, he's approaching this very methodically. It's a, it's a stark contrast to the way the Jets in the past had always operated. And I was fine with it. But that was Tuesday. By the time we got to Wednesday evening, and they still hadn't signed anybody, and a lot of names were coming off the board, starting to get nervous. You were bu- you were busting a little bit, and at the, like at that point, I was I was I just wanted him to sign somebody resembling anybody to get on the board. That's it. I would have felt better. And then late last night, they got on the board in a big way with Eric Decker. Yeah. Who we said last week at the end of the show, we were all in on. Yeah. So that's so because they got the one guy that I really wanted them to get this off season above everybody else. I, I feel okay right now. I think my favorite part of this is we talked a couple shows ago about trading fan bases, like wanting to trade fan bases. Uh-huh. And how I want to, I want to trade. I don't want to trade rooting for the teams I root for. I want to trade the fan bases that I'm forced to be a part of. Jet fans were losing their mind mm-hmm. on Tuesday. On Tuesday, that they hadn't by literally by six o'clock p.m. Jet fans were losing their mind. They haven't signed anybody. What are they doing? It's it. Let's go. It started. What are you doing? You're letting Jarius Bird walk. You're letting uh, guys are coming off the board. What do you do? How? Why are we not talking? We have 
$39 million in cap room. Why are we not talking to anybody? What is going on? Losing their mind. Yep. Wednesday. The only reason we know that Eric Decker was there is because somebody sees him on a flight to Newark. Somebody's on a flight with him to Newark. Otherwise, the Jets never put it out there that he was visiting. I thought I thought we knew that he might be visiting. Nope. You didn't see that? Nope. Okay. Jets never, there was no leak, there was nothing on Wednesday that said Eric Decker was visiting the Jets. Nothing. Nothing. No, I'm th- I thought on Tuesday. I, thought I, I mean, on, on Tuesday. There's nothing. Yeah. Okay. So, literally, the only reason that anybody knows he's visiting, and then the Jets confirm it. Once this is out there, the Jets are like, yeah, fine, he's here. Right. Because there's a picture of him, like, at the air, you know, on, on, on a plane to Newark. Right. And Jet fans are losing their mind that they've brought in, <laughs> and they're talking to probably the best free agent wide receiver target that there is and they're going to spend too much on him. So, or, or they were going to let him walk away. No, no, that wasn't even didn't even get to that until like later in the evening. Oh, okay. Oh, you're talking I'm okay, talking really. all day. Yeah. So, all right. So, Tuesday by 6 o'clock, what are we doing? We're not spending the money. What's going on? How come we're not having the big guys in? What are we doing? Wednesday. We, why, why are we having the biggest guy in? We're going to spend money. We're going to overpay on him. We don't have that much money. What are we doing? And then all the Revis stuff is going on at the same time. I mean. Hey, yep. fellas. Hey, ladies and gentlemen of Jet Fandom. I beg you. Please. Put yourselves together. Will you please make up your mind? Yesterday was a little bit out of control. Oh, it's... So was today. Um, the reaction to signing Eric Decker was a... To me, was a once again only the Jets moment. Well, now tell me what you saw because most of what I saw early today was the reaction to not signing Revis, which was all orchestrated by the media and the New York Daily News, right? And Manish right. Mehta, our old friend Manish. You know what's funny, and, and just a real quick aside on that, please. He he was only gone for a year, and it's almost like. He's been gone for 10 years, and people forgot everything about the Darrell Revis. But he didn't play that year either. Soap opera. Right. That last year with them, he got hurt in game three. Okay, so maybe, yeah, so it's almost, yeah, but, but, but you still had all of, all of the drama with Revis was last year oh, at totally, the time. Totally. You know? And then he was gone for a year, and everybody kind of, like, cooled their jets a little bit. Oh, God. I oh, did not mean to do that. Oh, man. We just lost two sponsors. I hope you're happy. That's unforgivable. Look, we have cliche and pun clauses in our contract. I can't believe I did. I apologize. Hey, cool your jets. All right? It's okay. It's okay. Anyway. um, Hey, look, that expression may take off. (laughs) What? Is that... Should I not do that? Don't make it worse. Sorry. I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> no, they they did forget about Darrell Revis as right. Darrell oh, Revis. That, that's what it was. And Manish Mehta from the Daily News was kind of like, 
he kind of took a year off of, of, of being a real scoochy jerk, <laughs> you know? And then it just all, like, it all came, it all back, came back on Tuesday, like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is what we I do, like, right. <laughs> to the point where, and it, and it was in one day, it was on Tuesday, because on Monday, leading up to the free agency, I went back in, and, like, I had seen people were retweeting him, and I'm like, oh, he's, he might have something interesting to say. Yeah. I, I I refollowed him on Tuesday morning. Wow! Only to realize you got sucked right. back in. Right. Yep. And I and then I unfollowed him right away. But it it was it's amazing how like it just how Darrell Revis stirred this whole thing up again. Well, they and and they his team was masterful, Bry. The you know team Revis was masterful. They somehow made this seem like the Patriots stole. Darrell Revis from the Jets. Right. And Revis picked the Pats over the Jets. Right. Almost like the like the Jets traded him to the Patriots. <laughs> when when the 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 Jets never had any interest in bringing him back. And he wasn't a Jet. And he wasn't even on the team. He wasn't a member of the team. But Team Revis calls up the Jets and and tries to get a hold of Itzik. He doesn't even take their call. He doesn't even right. take their call. They sent like a text message to like a low-level jet staffer saying, "Hey, you know, we're gauging your interest." And, and the staffer probably was like, "Well, Rex would love to have him back, but it's it's not even going to talk to you." Right. It was like we're not doing it. So then Team Revis took that information over to Meta. Yep. And then it turned into a a source close to the Jets says they would love to have him back. Right. And the Jets want him back, so it became. It became this thing. And then, of course, the back page of the New York Daily News is, you know, Revis and Buttheads. Right. And the Jets are the Buttheads in this equation. Of, well, of course. And then, and it, did you see the headline of his article? No. You know, like the paths that the Jets took to lead Revis to the Pats. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, there was one path they took. They traded him last year. Uh, to, the, to the Buccaneers. <laughs> not even like they traded him to the Patriots. It's as, if, it's as if they just gave him to the Patriots. They walked him up there. Right. I, it's just, I, you know what? And I'm over the Revis thing. Yeah, I, me too. You, I'm totally over it. I am. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I really wanted him back yesterday when I thought there was a chance that he could come back. As did I. I, was, I, I mean, dying, dying to get him back. And I, and I knew full well the, the, the nonsense that came along with it. It would have been... It Exactly on the deal he got from the Patriots. Right. You saw, you saw the deal he got. Yeah. It's a ridiculous deal. He'll be, a, he'll be a free agent again next year. Right. And he will do the same thing again next year. To somebody else. Well, he'll do it to us. Yep. He'll, he, he will float word out that he wants to come back here. Yep. And... Because for the Patriots to keep him next year, we'll, he will count $20 million towards their salary gap. Right. They will need to pay him $20 million. It's a one-year deal. But you're right. I am. I'm over it too. Yeah, I'm. It's not bothering me that he's playing for them. I'm more concerned about the Jets. I mean, it stinks, but he's Dion at this point now. Yeah. Like he's, he is. He's turning into Dion Sanders for me. He is. You're right. You know, like I, I, I feel like the allegiance is done. Now, he was a great Jet. He's one of the best Jets of all time. Eh, I'm good. Yeah. So I mean, it's gonna stink seeing him in, it is. in the Patriots uniform. Of course, of course, it is. But uh, it's not. Look, we still got to get a split with them. Any well, we I don't play, but the Jets need to still split with them anyway. You right. know, we, we 
they need to win one out of those two games to have any chance of division anyway, just like they did this past year. Right. So it doesn't, it's not phasing me that way. You know, they're going to lose Vince Wolfork. They're going to lose. Yeah, they lost Tlaib. Right. They lost Spikes. Uh-huh. That defense is bad. He better be there because that defense is banged up um, and not great. So anyway, I want to talk about Decker real quick, and then I want to bring up something about the Giants. Okay. So it was uh, Battlefield uh, Earth today. In, well, not really. Travolta wasn't there. <laughs> Have you ever seen that movie? No. No. Like in its entirety or not even pieces? I haven't seen even pieces of it. Wow. Battlefield Earth with John Travolta? Yeah, the the Scientology, the L. Ron Hubbard no. book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. It's not even like campy. It's just it's just poorly made. It's taking itself very seriously. Well, yeah. Yeah. Miss Adele Dazim. So she's wickedly talented. He <laughs> said he thought he was so clever. Adele Dazim. What? Who, who is that? That um, is somebody. That is somebody though, right? I I don't know. Apparently there is a there is a person. Adele Dazim. Adele Dazim. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, it was crazy pants today about Decker and, uh, you know, jet fans, it's too much money, uh, or, or not too much money. They couldn't, they couldn't get on the deal. They got on the fact that he's not a number one wide receiver. That was, yes, that was the big, the big thing today. And this was, this is what I meant by only the jets situation with the media where like I was watching NFL AM and they're talking about how he was a third or fourth option with the Broncos a third or fourth option really he had 140 targets he had six less catches than Demarius Thomas yeah what does that make him what does that make Wes Welker the eighth option it's just it's it's foolish it really I'm not saying that that he's going to put up 87 catches and 11 touchdowns and 1,200 yards with Geno Smith throwing the football. I'm not going to say that he, uh, that uh, Peyton Manning being his quarterback is not helpful. Of course it is. But you know what? You brought up a very good point last night, too, that I hadn't thought of. How was his year with Tim Tebow? Well, his, his year with uh, – it was Kyle Orton for six games, Tebow for ten. And right. he's, a, he's a second-year receiver at that point. Um, and he had 44 catches for 600 yards and eight touchdowns. That's not bad. It, that's not bad at all for a second. <laughs> that, that makes Jeremy. That's that's would have led the team last year. Would have led the team the last two years. Yeah. Would have led the Jets. So, but the other point is, I'm sorry. Is Eli or is Peyton Manning delivering these footballs on a cushioned pillow? Like it, they still have to catch them, right? Or does he, is he actually walking over to them and dropping them in their lap on a on a feather bed? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not talking. Hey, he's Peyton Manning. He had just had the greatest regular season the quarterbacks ever had. He's, they still have to catch the ball, do they not? I mean, it's not like he's throwing BBs all over the place. Yeah. No, you're right. This is not Brett Favre in 1995 throwing bullets at people. Look, he's good. He's 26. He's entering the prime of his career. He he has 222 catches in the last three years. 
Okay, two twenty-two with with thirty with thirty-two touchdowns and two thousand and uh, three thousand yards receiving. You know who else has those numbers? Des Bryant. Why is he not the and 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 both years he's been the second leading receiver on the team to Demarius Thomas. It's close. I mean, it's not like Demarius Thomas has 125 receptions and 2,000 yards. It's close. What did Golden Tate get? What was his contract? Basically, basically, Decker wound up getting about a million dollars more a year. That's it. Than Golden Tate. Yep. Yeah. Cal, this contract is fantastic. And the last three years, by the way, are pay-to-play years. Right. Meaning they can cut him without salary cap ramifications. All the guaranteed money is in the first three years. Right. I mean, I mean what are you going to do? You, you can't have a better deal than this. He's being paid like a one, like an, a one or a two. He's being paid like a two, essentially. A really well-paid two. But the, the whole one, two, it's nonsense. Right. If you're the Jets, you just need good receivers. You just need any receivers at That's this it. point. You're building, you're building a wide receiver core. That's what you wanted. You have Jeremy Curley, who's a solid slot receiver. Okay. And you have David Nelson. That's it. Oh, you have Stephen Hill. I, I'm not counting him. I refuse to count him. You have to count him. Cal, he's not going to make the team. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I, some, somebody brought up a, another great point about Decker, and that was, do you think, question was, do you think Decker will be able to take Stephen Hill under his wing like he took Demarius Thomas under his wing? Mm-hmm. You know, wide receiver out of Georgia Tech, he'd run the, you know, similar offense or whatever. I don't know if there's any validity there. From everything you read about Decker, there was a great article about uh, his high school and there was um, he, he he appears to be not only really good looking, um, <laughs> but he, he appears to be just this this wonderful guy. Yeah, he's got his head screwed on straight. It seems like there was a school shooting at his high school. Okay. When he was a senior in high school, and one of his best friends, it was like a kind of a Columbine thing at his high school in Minnesota, and. Um, you know, he there was a big article on it in the Post during Super Bowl week. And there was an article on him. And he, he seems like an unbelievable guy. Like, are, are really, you, really great guy. You are, know, you, are you scared off by the reality show nah, stuff or no? Ah, it doesn't bother me. Okay. I mean, when Jesse Palmer was doing that, you know, while he was with the Giants, like, is that a big deal? You know, he's no. doing The Bachelor or something. It's 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 fine. It's really fine. He's in New York. Good. Look, the Jets did hard knocks. The entire team did yeah. hard knocks. Yeah, exactly. I'm, Nothing. I'm not even remotely scared off by that. In fact, I welcome it. We're the New York Jets. We're, you know, we're, they had Joe Namath wearing a fur coat on the sidelines. He owned, he owned a nightclub, and he retired from football because the NFL made, made him give up his nightclub because it was associated with Sam Giancana. I mean, we're the Jets. This is what we do. Well, it's fine. And that's a good first step, right? You would agree that that's a good first move. That's exactly what it is. Because it's not the move. That's what I was trying to explain. 
they're building a wide receiver core. So you get a guy who's a really good outside receiver, which you don't have. He can he has good enough speed to take a top of a defense. Look at his route breakdowns and stuff, Cal. Mm-hmm. Very solid. He's got a number of plays over you know over 25 yards in the air, number of uh, post plays, number of fly patterns. He can run every route on the tree. Runs great routes. He's become sure-handed. He had problems with his hands early on. It's it's just a good signing at a good price, and it allows you to do other stuff. So I thought I thought the the Jets I thought they're doing a fantastic. And my favorite part, Brian, my favorite part, they announced it, the yes. Jets. Yes. Not Adam Schefter, not the player. Not ESPN sources, not no one. And people were waiting all day, and they announced it. And you know what the truth is to me? I think they had this done. I, had, I think they had this, the basics of this deal done before he even got on a plane from Denver. And I think they waited till 1130 at night on purpose. I really do. To release the information. I really do. Conspiracy. No, I, I really, I think they were effing with the media. I really do. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I, I, I can see why you would say that. I, I, don't, I don't buy that at all. I mean, he was there for like 14 hours. Mm-hmm. They went out to dinner. They were relaxing. Hanging all out day. Dinner. He was there all day. It's a were, long day. They were hanging out at dinner. Look, he, he had an extraordinarily pregnant wife. He had just seen us. He had just seen the facility last month at the Super Bowl. He'd spent a week there. Mm-hmm. There's no chance he's getting on a plane from Denver with his wife about to pop with a kid. I like how you clarified that. Yeah, not like a tick. <laughs> and to to come to New York without knowing that he's pretty much going to sign by the end of the day. Right. There's not a chance. I, I loved it. I love what John Idzik is doing. I love it. Well, let's let's flip it a little bit. Do you love what he's doing with the cornerbacks? I It's not that I uh, it's not that I'm upset about look, to me they weren't going to get Revis. You could right. make the argument I think they were surprised at what Vontae Davis went for. Yes, I think that was the guy that they wanted all along. I think so. And I think when he went for $10 million and never even gave them a chance. Right. But you also have to, you know, it takes two to tango, Cal, as they say, in Brazil, really, mostly. I think they mostly say that in Brazil. Maybe Argentina? <laughs> it's not poker it, I mean, he has to want to come, right? Sure. So you, you can't force a guy like Captain Munnerlyn, the greatest name of all time. He signed somewhere today. Where did signed he sign? with the Vikings for years, and he, and he got really good money. $15 million, I the think. The guys have to want to come. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm not panicked yet. I don't think John Itzik does panic. No, I don't think so either. I just when I, when I look at the names that are left on the board, there's not many that I want. But they're building a different defense, Cal. Yeah, they're, I mean, that, I know they're building that, from that, the front back now. That's right. That 09 defense, 09 and 10 defense was from the back seven to the front. Right. It's different. It's flipped now. And their defensive line is so good. 
and so up and coming. I think to feel like you can get away with a lesser secondary, he's always gotten away with lesser safeties, always. Right. I mean, you know, he had Ed Reed, obviously, in Baltimore, but he didn't draft him. And he's always wanted, Rex Ryan's always wanted good corners. That's his thing. Mm-hmm. Because he plays a lot of cover zero, he plays a lot of men, he wants to be... But you, with these guys on this defensive line, you don't have to blitz as much. You can play more zone. Right. Um, and I think we have a classic case of Rex overestimating the talent mm-hmm. of... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. This is a classic Rex. Like, we don't need a number one corner. We have one. In Milliner. And... Nah, classic Rex. Well, you, you would hope that Idzik wouldn't necessarily fall for that. Sure. You know, like... I would say that Idzik would not have fallen. It didn't get to this point. But if Tannenbaum was still there, Rex would have, would have been in Tannenbaum's office on his hands and knees saying, give Revis whatever he wants. Right. And Tannenbaum would have done it. Yep. You know, it didn't get to that point with Idzik that he even had to make the choice. <laughs> but Idzik wasn't even hearing it. No, yeah. Like, I, he's, like no. We're, you know, we're nope. He wasn't even hearing it. So I, I just, there seems to be a plan. There does. Now, what, um, let's say the next couple of days, what, do you want, what would you like to see happen? Now, they, they probably do have a plan, but you as a fan, what do you want to see happen? I would like to see them get a corner. Okay. I would like to see – I like Brandon Pettigrew uh, for this team. I think that's a guy that you can make like a low commitment to who he, – you know, he kills you in fantasy every time you draft him. I've drafted him at least four times. But he, uh, so from that aspect, F you, Pettigrew. <laughs> but, and he, he is also a guy who had 81 catches a couple years ago. He also has the most drops of any tight end in like the last six years with 39. But he's an excellent blocker. Right. And I don't think, see, you think that they like Cumberland as like a receiving tight end. I think they think of Cumberland as good depth. All right. Like if you strike out on Pettigrew and you don't get a, a Carlson or you don't get a free agent tight end, and then you draft Jason Morrow, for example, you need Cumberland there. Jason Morrow is not going to come in and play 50 snaps a game. So you need Cumberland there. And I like Sudfeld. Yeah, he intrigues me. I don't he think does. we saw enough out of him last year. He, he, he amuses me. It's the hair, though, on him. Please. Oh, the hair. Please. Get a haircut. Looks like a real dirtbag. What are you, a hippie? What are you? Um, so I, I want to see... Uh, I wouldn't mind Pettigrew. I want to see another receiver. Okay. Tell you the guy I want. The guy you want. I'm going to say it. I know who it is. Julian Edelman. Yeah. He does seem like he'd be a good fit. And it hurts the... Patriots. Right. So you hurt your rival, and you get a player that's very useful for you. Right. Who you could probably get at a reasonable rate. And then you're building a wide receiver core. Then you have a guy like Curley who fits a need. You have a guy like Decker who does a certain thing. You have a guy like Edelman who can play that sort of Wes Welker role. Because Curley's like in between. Right. Curley's miscast as a number one receiver, which is what he was before yesterday. Right. 
again, I want to put together a core where I'm not worried about the number one. The only number one receiver is on the route combination, the first read. Right. You know, it's not the guy who has to get fed the ball 15 times a game. If that particular day Jeremy Curley's my number one wide receiver because that's what the game plan calls for, I want the ability to do that. Right. If it's Julian Edelman because it's that, you know, I want the ability to do that. If it's Zach Sudfeld and his hair, I want the ability to do that. So I, but, I, you know, I just, I just like the approach. It seems somebody had a great quote, and I, I, I am adhering to this. It's it came in and took the circus tent poles down. And he is building a fortress. Yeah. No leaks. Nothing gets in or out. It's our team. He has closed up the ranks. And I love it. I, for one, love it. I don't and know it's, not you... a, it's not a smarter than you close up the ranks. No, no, no. It's not a Mangini smarter than you close up the ranks. No, but, it's a, but it's a clear intent to change the way things operated around here. Yeah. Now, what do you think of what the Giants did? I like what the Giants did. I think the Giants, you know, we talked about this. The, the Giants had their plans lined up before free agency started. And 4 o'clock on Tuesday, they went out and they just went boom, boom, boom. They lined them up. They got the guys they wanted. They filled their spots. I, I think they did a good job. I totally agree. You know? I think they did a great job. And I think that they, all their signings were need-based. They re-signed Beeson, which was huge. Yep. So they kept their guy. Tuck, thanks for the memories. No, $11 million. You're not going to get you can't. You, you can't get sentimental for $11 bucks. No, Rashad Jennings is, is, a, is a great running back. I think Very he's going to fit in nicely yep. there. Very so- I don't love him, but they obviously know quite a bit more about football than I do. So, um, but he, he he's injury could, prone. He can get yes, hurt a lot. That's, and that's why I don't love him. But um, Schwartz is a, is a great signing yep. for, for the offensive line. They looked Cold at field. their... They looked at their needs, and they addressed them in the boom, boom, boom fashion. Yeah, which is fine. You know, they, they, and, and they didn't do it in a big, like Cleveland did, big, splashy, right. signed two big names right away Yeah, to, to generate buzz. Yep. They, 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 they don't need to. They're the Giants. No. Right. They're above buzz. You know, speaking of methodical, I mean, they're the Giants. Right. They're going to add – now, are they – I don't know if they're necessarily a better team yet. Like they're all the way back. They're an, they're an improved team, but it's it's. I mean, they're going to lose Knicks, so they they they're going to need to replace that. Even though he had an off year, unless Knicks can't find an offer anywhere. Right. Well, no, he'll be he'll land in Carolina, right? I mean, did you see the receivers after they cut Steve Smith? Do you want Steve Smith? Uh, as a Giant or a Jet? Jet. No. Wow. I don't think so. I don't agree with you at all. I want, I want somebody younger and more athletic, and more flexible in the system. But you have Decker now. Yeah, I want to know. I want another guy that's like that. You don't want to. You can't add Steve Smith to that. I think I would rather James Jones. See, James Jones is. I, I mean, how is he not a product of Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't, I don't. I haven't seen him away from Aaron Rodgers, so I can't. You know, you know where James Jones is a good fit to me? The Giants. Giants. See, I feel like Miles Austin is a good fit with the Giants. Could be. I'll take know? a flyer. I know. I take a flyer on Miles Austin. You have to say it that way, though. He's from Jersey. Right. 
They take a flyer. Local product. I'll take a flyer. They need a tight end too. The Giants. They need a tight end as well. You know, somebody was saying if Zach Miller shakes free uh, from uh, Seattle, that the Jets would be all over that. That Itzik would be all over that. I would be. I like uh, Giacomini. It'd be interesting to see. Like what? What? Why did Seattle cut him loose? Was it salary? I don't know why they they let him go. Yeah, I, I think they viewed him as uh, he's 28 years old. You know, he only recently became a starter. He wasn't a full time. Uh, sort of, so I think he's a stopgap guy for the Jets too. But I just think it was like a good backup plan to go get somebody you know very well who grades out in pass pro better than than uh, Austin Howard does. Yeah, very to, to me very similar guys. You know, you just you, you got Jack Amini much cheaper right. than than it would have been for Austin. All right, wrapping up free agency. Okay. Is I, I do want to talk about the Mets and uh, the children are stirring. Okay. So what do you, what do you, what what do you want to see? I just want, my, my the main thing I want to see, Cal, for the Jets is another receiver. Okay. Get me another receiver. Uh, James Jones, Steve Smith, uh, Miles Austin, uh, Julian Edelman is my first uh, wish. And that also solves your punt return game too. Yeah, that's that's a really good point with him. And that that solves your return game. Um, just get me another receiver. I'm not even that worried about a corner. Just get yeah, me another that, receiver. That's what I I want the corner. Right. I want you know who I want. I want uh, Dominique Rogers Camardi. You love uh, uh, DRC. I like him. That's who I want. Yeah. That's the guy that's out there. And and strangely, no no buzz. Although that's the whole point with the Jets. There's really no buzz with anybody. You don't know who they're talking to. No. It's delightful. I love it. I don't need to know. I'm okay. Surprise me. Yeah. Um, real quick with the Mets, and then I want to bring uh, Pigeon back in here. What? Uh, what's all this? With the. Uh, with, oh, with the with the Ruben Tejada. Yeah. The... No, no. With the uh, with the media and the John Neese. And... Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, you you know what happened with Dan Worthen yesterday. Yes. Okay. So, I guess the big subtle <laughs> but Uncle Uncle Dan Worthen, yeah, mm-hmm. who apparently say keep keep those senior citizens. Can we we can't really repeat what he said, can no. we? No. Oh, okay. The it, best... was a, it was a it was an uh, insensitive, racially insensitive joke. The best part about it was his explanation. I don't know if you read it. I didn't. You did or you didn't? I didn't. Okay. I so, love that there is one. You know, I'm gonna. I, I'm. You know, we're just reporting it, so I don't. I'm gonna. I don't care. I'll say it. He. he there was an uh, Daisuke Matsuzaka's translator. Yes. In the clubhouse. His valet, really. His valet. I mean, he for, follows him everywhere. For some reason, Dan Worthen referred to him. As a Chinaman. I don't know why. Referred to him as a Chinaman. <laughs> there happened to be an Asian American writer in the clubhouse at the exact same time that heard it. And then wrote a story about it in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. That's how this all happened. And it actually led to some very interesting discourse on what is and isn't appropriate to report from a clubhouse. Right. Which was good, but that's, that's a whole other topic. Because we're talking about Dan Worthen 
referring to this gentleman as a Chinaman. Right. So now the pressure is on him to go apologize. Sure. And he went and he apologized. And the guy was like, yeah, you know, no big deal. Don't, don't worry about it. But he couldn't leave well enough alone. Nope. And he said, I, clearly I know you're Japanese. I thought it was a funny joke. So wait. So, so he wasn't apologizing because the it was derogatory. No. He was apologizing because he he thought that you didn't get it. They thought he was mischaracterizing the nationality of this man. Right. And he says, you didn't get the job. I thought, he says, I thought it was a funny joke. Yeah, sure. Sure you did. So, okay, so, so that happened. Sandy Alderson has to issue a statement. Uh, Terry Collins has to issue a statement. They all have to apologize for, for the crazy old uncle who's spouting off. Right? John Neese takes offense at the fact that there are guys tweeting all of this from the clubhouse. Yep. Right? And, it beca- and you come to find out that there's been a lot of different things. We know the issue that Ike Davis had with Which Mike Puma of the New York Post. Tweeted and recorded live. Right. Um, we know the issue with Ruben Tejada. Yeah. And somebody was, you know, a Met source was, was quoted as, right. as saying they're disappointed in him. So all of these things seem to be adding up. And there's, there's this growing tension between the Met players, and the media. Which has been coming for a few years now. Yeah. And, I, we, I, and we've been talking about for a few years now. Like You can only cover a team this way for so long. You right. can only write the stories that you're writing and see these guys every day for so long. Right. When they're eventually going to be like, enough. Hey. I'm not giving you access anymore. Hey, guy. Too much. <laughs> hey, guy. It has to be that, right? Because they're, they're ball players. Hey, 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 guy. Hey, guy. Hey, boss. That's hey, enough. Nerd. All right? That's enough out of you. I know. But, but you know what, though? They're not wrong. Oh, there it is. I'm calling you back on <laughs> FaceTime. Don't be alarmed. They're, they're not wrong. Of course they're not wrong. It's it's the snark level, the snark factor that the beat reporters use on the New York Mets is astonishing. And they're they're they all think they're so funny. Yes. Like they're constantly like tripping over themselves to to you know they I don't I don't see it anywhere as much as I see it with Met beat writers where they, they bring each other into the conversation. Right. Or you, they, they tweet out these inside jokes between beat writers and yeah. like nobody, and I mean nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares what Mark Carrig of the Newsday ate for lunch today and that his breath is bad. Nobody cares 
what Jared Diamond did on Test Track at Epcot Center. It's nobody cares about you people. Your job is to provide us with information, not your opinion, not your snark. This is not the Adam Rubin Comedy Hour. I want to hear news about the Mets. Nobody wants to hear it. it. And the Mets players, for sure, don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah, they're, they're getting tired of it. And there's, there's two levels here, too, right? Like, who is, who is more trolly? Who trolls a fan base more than Met beat writers? Jet beat writers. It's close. It's tight. It's very close. So they're, they're trolling the fan base while pissing off the team they're covering. Right. So they're really covering themselves in glory. Yeah, like 360. Good job, yeah. everybody. Every way you turn. I mean, Puma got in trouble for... Now, look, you and I both don't like Ike Davis, but if you say something that's off the record or you agree not to put something in a story... Where Ike Davis says to you, you know, like, and you agree, and you say, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to run with that. And then you do it. You should really expect some ramifications, right? Right. And, yeah, and you know what? Like the player's going to be pissed off. If you're going to do it, be a man about it, too. Right. Like, can, you know, if, if you're going to stir this up, you should expect that there's going to be some repercussions and deal with it like a man instead of hiding behind, you know, journalism. Yeah, or, or or taking a sta- uh, a swing at you know, or ta- you know, uh, uh, a jab at Ike Davis when you're on the radio and somebody right. says, uh, "Did you think he was going to take a swing at you or something?" Or, or I, I was afraid he'd take a swing at me, but I knew he'd miss. Yeah. Yeah. Really? You're well, a professional reporter? Well, that's that's the thing, Steve. The level of professionalism is is just non-existent at this really, point. It's really bad. So I'm not surprised to see, or I wasn't surprised to see John Neese saying, and and that is a great debate. What are you tweeting? This is a well sanctimony of the locker room, of a clubhouse. Right. The, can you be? We just talked about this two weeks ago, right? In an NFL locker room. Right, but there's a difference between uh, or or tweeting that out of what's being said in a clubhouse. I don't think is right. You know, I, I, I said people don't care. I was wrong. I don't care, and you don't care. But there's a lot of people out there that love that kind of dirt that yeah. the beat writers are, are stirring up. Yeah. And they want to hear stuff like that. And they like it. And they can't get enough of it. Like, you should be able to be comfortable in a clubhouse. Things go on with players talking about other players or whatever. It's part of the dynamic of 25 guys in a baseball clubhouse. I'm not talking about anything ethnic or anything racial. or I'm not talking about that. That's different. I'm talking about... You know, somebody, two guys having a conversation in the corner of a clubhouse and saying Ruben Tejada doesn't look like he's in that great a shape. Right. And that gets used as a source. 
Or I had a meeting, you know, two guys talking. I had a meeting with Terry Collins, and I bawled him out, and we bitched it, you know, bitched him out, or he, we had a bitch session or whatever, and you use that as a source. Yeah, I think that's what Nice is talking about. Nobody wants a license to be <laughs> a bigot or a racist. Right. But there are dynamics there within a clubhouse, within a ball club, that th- should stay in the clubhouse. Are you gonna? T- what's next? Are you gonna tweet out if a guy, you know, is, is talking to one of his friends on the team and admits to cheating on his wife? You gonna tweet that out? You know what I mean? Like you better, you better be prepared for the repercussions yeah. of that. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go that far. Yeah. I it's it's interesting. But you said something about Cerrone on Mets blog was gonna have something on this. Or? Yeah, I haven't seen anything, but he had he had tweeted earlier in the day that he was looking to put together something about uh, about the, the this growing problem that the, right. the Mets players are having with the media. I haven't seen anything on it yet. It's uh, it's coming. You know, David Wright, when I'm, when he's doing interviews now, is sounds annoyed. <laughs> he's got he he he's definitely defensive, much more so than he has been in the past. Yeah, I, I and I think uh, I think annoyed's maybe not the right word. Defensive is a better word. You're right. Uh, especially like when it uh, asked about the 90 wins thing, for example. He's like, yeah, I expect to win 90 games. I expect to make the playoffs. What do you want me to say? We're going to suck? Which would be another story if they came out and said that. Right. I, I, this boy, this... They can't win. They, you know, it's, it's an like... interesting thing. Well, they, but they, they, you know, in certain ways, Cal, they don't deserve to win. Because they, they keep don't. they keep marching Ruben Tejada out there and expecting the same you know the results to change, yeah, and they, you, they don't deserve to win. Well, you saw the latest. You probably didn't see the latest tonight. Terry Collins tells Ruben Tejada, "You're my shortstop. Oh, don't worry on. about it. Come don't on. worry about it. You're going to be in the lineup. Come on." So the there are was, was it the one for sixteen with three errors? Is that is that what put him over the top? Is his performance has been magnificent. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of Ruben Tejada so far, Terry? I think I can't even. I need to invent a word. That's how moved I am. It's splendiferous, adorous. Let me tell you something about Ruben Tejada. Okay, Ruben Tejada can play ball on my team any day. Can be my shortstop any day. He really. They they gave him the job. Well, the there's a theory that. He just told him that to try to calm him down. What are we? Which is another. Which is another problem. What? Why? Does, why does this guy need such coddling? Why does this kid? I mean, he's 24. He's not. You know, he's not 19 anymore. Why does he need such coddling? Why? I don't understand. And I've been saying this now for for days. What more do they need to see it? Like. Is he all of a sudden tomorrow going to go nine for nine in three at-bats and be like, ah, here he is, Ruben Tejada. Good old old 287 with 21 doubles is back. I feel like, I mean, what more more do you need to see out of him to know that you've got to go get a shortstop? That was Evan Roberts, wasn't it? That was very Evan Robertsonian. This idea, but it's accurate. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So they do deserve some crap. I said, listen, you're the shortstop here. Your name and your number are going to be in the lineup. Oh, 
You've just got to go be the player we know you can be, and you quit worrying about trying to impress everybody. Sure. We've seen it in the past, and two years ago, you were the talk of the town. What town? Not, not New York. What in New York? <laughs> you had a bad year. Big deal. Forget it. It's over. Everybody's had a bad year. Guys that are in the Hall of Fame have had bad years, so move on. That was what Colin said to, to, Ruben Tejada, to one for 16 Ruben Tejada. With three errors. With three errors and an injury. That's uh, what I mean. It's quite a pep talk to not go out and get a shortstop. If they if they don't go out and get a shortstop, and 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 I I I'm gonna sing this song until the cows come home, or at least until opening day, whichever comes first. <laughs> the if cows the cows are on the move, by the way. <laughs> Here they come. The on the move. No, stop. No. Again, very strict pun clauses in uh, our contracts. That's what we're doing tonight. Uh, On opening day, it's an utter disaster. <laughs> On opening day, they're going to lie. Look, I'm going to milk this for all it's worth. Okay, yeah, please. Go ahead. Keep going. Sorry. That's, that's got. just the last one. The... <laughs> On opening day, they're going to line their their players up on the first base line. <laughs> and shoot them? <laughs> they, they very well might. It's opening day. Can we at least wait a week before we're doing the firing squad thing? Well, listen, well, listen the Mets are not going to, but the fans are going to have... Ruben Tejada is going to trot out there. Ike Davis is going to trot out there. Well, and you know, probably being a walking boot. A walking boot. He's yeah. limp out there. And the fans are going to boo these two guys out of the stadium before they've had an at-bat. Back to the Stone Age. For the year. And (laughs) we're not talking about strong, like, strong, mentally tough individuals. No. No, no, no. Right? That they, like, that Terry Collins has to pull this shortstop aside and tell him that you're the, you got the job. Don't worry about it. And coddle him. They're missing the boat. Big time. They're missing the boat, big team. Big, big time. Put big, Josh, big, let, big team, too. Big team, big time. Let Josh Statton start opening day, just so you don't have to run at Ike Davis out there and get him booed out of Queens. When, you know? Str- when Strasburg strikes him out nine times in three at-bats? I, I, it befuddles me. I get, I get it with Sandy Alderson. I get what he's trying to do, but, like, come on. Come on. This is, this is not... This is the opposite of what Idzik is doing with the Jets. Mm, I agree. He's being stubborn. He's looking for the perfect deal right and now. I, and I think... I don't know if Terry Collins and I are going to make it through the season. I don't know if we're going to... I don't know if it's going to happen. Might not. It might... We might make it through the season. It's just... The last thing for me on this is that it frustrates me that they can't just make a deal to improve their team. The deal they make to improve their team has to be like this deal that only they could make. Like, look at, look, you know, right. look, look what we did. We, we made this happen. So, right. No, that's true. It's just frustrating. There is an element of that. Look, yeah, look, look at me, right? look at me, yeah. Our shortstop stinks. Okay, let's, to, they could go out tomorrow and get a better shortstop. Tomorrow. Yeah. It would take nothing to give Stephen Drew two years for $24 million. It would take nothing to trade somebody to Seattle, trade somebody to Arizona. They could do that. They're just choosing not to. Yeah. And that frustrates me. 
it frustrates everybody. Look, well, I'm, I'm look. I can't. I can't. Uh, Mets fans, of course. All Mets fans. I can't. Uh, I can't take another day looking at Ruben Tejada's face. I can't. I can't take his face. I can't. And you gotta. Right now, you got an entire year to look forward. And to. I haven't even seen Ike Davis yet this year. <laughs> in a walking boot. He's in a. He's. I mean, like, could you be more of a drama queen? That's like the kid that wears a wears a big bandage on his head to school because he wants everybody to ask him, oh, my God, what happened to you? Because Ike Davis moping in with his, you know. Ike, are you okay? Right. Like I'm, nobody pays attention to him, and all of a sudden he starts limping really hard and making right. noise. Like, I'm walking. Oh, oh, oh. serious. How's your valley fever? He's just, he's just. He's your favorite. You know, how you feel, that's the only way I can put it to you. How you feel about Tejada, yeah. that's how I feel about Ike Davis. Last, last thing here, we've we got to wrap up because the little guy's turning. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, did you see Beltron on the roller coaster? <laughs> I, I saw it. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> can you explain that to me? So I guess they were in uh, Disney or something like that or... They're down Bush in Florida, Gardens. Bush Gardens, because they're in Tampa, right? So they're at Bush Gardens. He's there with his family on like an off day, and they all got face painting. But this is elaborate face painting. Right, like he looks like an extra from The Lion King. He looks like he's in Cats. He's about to sing Memories. And they're on, and it's like a selfie video of them on a roller coaster with Beltron in front. And it's uncomfortably close. To Beltron. And it, I called it Mr. Beltron's wild, frightening ride. <laughs> he looks absolutely devilish. It's like he doesn't know how to take a selfie. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, a, like, a, like an older person with technology that's trying it's to do so something. good. He's yeah. just his face with this ridiculous cat face paint. Tiger face, and it's full, and he's bald now. It's just really upsetting. And he's on a roller coaster. <laughs> Magnificent. I didn't know what it was. There's so many, so many good things about Carlos Beltran that people just don't know. Let's add this to the list. He is a strange, strange human being. He really is. Straight to the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. Go anybody who hears this and wants to know what I'm talking about, Google Carlos Beltran straight to the monkey. And you will you will read an interview with him when he was a Kansas City Royal. No research, straight to the monkey. He bought a monkey as a <laughs> as a pet because he thought it was cool or something and the quote is no research, straight to the monkey. So misunderstood, this guy. That's that's definitely my next band name. Straight to the Monkey. Straight to the Monkey. So good. All right, let's wrap it. All right, save that. We'll save the uh, fun load for next week. Yeah, it's that that fun load that I had in mind. Um, you can think about it. If you could be a member of one team in the past, of one of our teams, past what team? Like a member, like on the team, on the year. Yes. What like, team would it be, and what position would you play? 
Okay. It's pretty good. Would you be replacing the person that played that position? I don't know. I haven't worked that out yet. I got a week. We'll have to. We'll have to figure that out. We'll run it by the committee. <laughs> we lost PJ. He had to go to sleep. I was going to ask him about True Detective. Oh, okay. As I'm about to get into that. Have you gotten into it? No. No, don't have the HBO. Right. Still still without the HBO. Still, still don't have it. You keep asking. <laughs> it's been four years. Still, the, the, the Appropriations Committee has not <laughs> found its way. I haven't gotten clearance on it yet. Yeah. No. They have not found a way to get that here to us. It's available. <laughs> I could have it. Yeah, I just, you know. So what are you watching? What do you watch? What do I? Wow, I watch a lot of things. But what are you watching right now? What has your rapt attention? Right now I'm watching you. Besides me. On the iPad. Right. Uh, I watch a fantastic show on FX called The Americans. You've been watching that? Love it. Shoots in my neighborhood. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh, uh, like, on my, like on my block. It's great. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. I have not. It's great, and and if it shoots in your in your neighborhood, you would get a kick out of out of watching right. it. It's just because it's I think that's where they live. Right, and but it's supposed to be Washington D.C. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, they're using Bayside. Yeah, they used um they used the Source Mall in Westbury. The, wait, the Source. The Source. Right. Fortune off. Yeah, they used that uh, for for a setting last year. Nice. But uh, it's it's great. Set in the eighties, right? And it's but it's but it's so. Carrie well, Russell. Carrie Russell. Um, You're a big fan. Always, always like Carrie Russell. Nothing wrong with that. Back in the Felicity days. Sure. Big fan. Um, it's really it's really really well done. It's with the eighties and and the music that they use. Nice. The soundtrack of the show is just it's not like cheesy 80s beating you over the head with the Rubik's Cube type thing. All right. It's like, it's excellent. So I watched that. They're in season I, two there? So just, they just finished episode three of season two. Season one probably on the Netflix. Season one is, is available on demand in a number of places. <laughs> I, I would recommend it. All right, sir. And then, the, and then the other big one that I watch is the Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You and we're feeling good about Andy Samberg. Really good. Really, I mean, he he's evolved over the season. Wow. Yeah, he's not. He, he's he's done a really good job. He he reminds me of the development that Jimmy Fallon has had. Okay. Where Jimmy Fallon came out of Saturday Night Live into his own show, and he was still goofy Jimmy Fallon that you can yeah. take seriously. But now Jimmy Fallon is a legitimate deal. And it's and it, it wound up being the perfect avenue for him. Yeah. And this is actually the perfect avenue for Andy Samberg. Too. Nice. So th- that's what I'm watching. I got to get into that. It's it's great. I could probably watch season one there. You could. Again, available in <laughs> several places. I, uh, would you like a recommendation? Please. That's a nice summer thing to binge on. That'll be a good summer. A good let, summer watch. Let the season play out. There's only sure. a couple more episodes. Sure. And then go back and get no it. Need to, no need to get into it now. No, that's a, that you sit down and watch two or three at a time, and, and I, you'd like it. I, think I uh, get a kick out of it. I got Mad Men coming back. 
Ooh. in about a month for the last, last season, season, but they broke it up into two. Okay. So it is the last season. I think it's going to be like six episodes and then like a year later, six more episodes or something like that. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're really... Are they milking it? They're with the cow and the milk and the udder and the milk and the cow. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I am extraordinarily pumped for Mr. Draper and his return. But I will, I will watch True Detective uh, when Teresa returns. That just finished its run right. past weekend, right? right? Only eight episodes, I believe. A lot of people loved it. We watched the pilot. Holy moly. Yeah. Yes. All right, all right, all right. Where do you stand on Louie? I loved, loved. When is that back? May. Nice. Yeah. I've been waiting. Love. I thought the last season was brilliant. Yeah, artistically through the roof. Took a year off. He's been gone for two years now. Yeah, he had to. Yeah. That would have been a tough one to follow up like a year later. Well, and you, and I, you, you know, you've heard him on on interviews and podcasts that he he controls everything about yep. that show. Every aspect. Yep. And has final cut. He edits everything. Edit, editing. I mean, everything. And it's just so wonderfully done. Yeah, it's really good. He's an auteur, Cal. He is modern day Fellini. The modern day Felicity. That's the American. Cal final on this. Very simple. Welcome to New York, Eric Decker. And your pregnant wife, Jesse James Decker. You're a singer. I don't know anything that you sing, but welcome to New York. Very happy to have you. And uh, hopefully it's just the start of, of really improving this team for, for next year. Uh, and my final unload is uh, there was something else celebrating its 25th anniversary uh, this week. And that's a show that is very near and dear to my heart. That's Tony and Tina's Wedding. And there is a new cast. Tony and Tina's wedding. It's reopening and um, for the 25th anniversary. And I was lucky enough to be a member of the Road Company, the Broadway series, back when I was 24 years old, about 812 years ago. And uh, Tony and Tina's wedding and being in that cast is a very sort of kind of cool thing. You become a member of the family. It's a show like no other. And so I want to wish this current cast good luck. Enjoy it. And we had a saying that goes back to 1989. It's not break a leg, Cal. It's kick the effing doors in. That's what you say before a Tony and Tina show. So, All right, we'll be back next week uh, for the Bishop Pop Poultry PJ and Brian Calvi. Check us out on Stitcher. Check us out on iTunes. Please subscribe. Subscribe. See you next week. Bye, Cal. Bye, Steve. Hey, good night. Good night. Good night. I said goodnight. Okay, guys. You can go now. Good day, sir. Up, oh, the child's away. Good night. Go get him. <laughs>Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. 
So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.